Hi, welcome back to Travel Time. Today I'm going to be talking a little bit about a week-long cruise we took on the Disney Fantasy that went over New Year's Eve. It was our second Disney cruise, but our first that we ever went out of Port Canaveral in Florida. And it was also our family's first seven-night cruise. So we had done a three-night on the Magic for our first cruise just to test out. Uh, we had one person in the group that sometimes got seasick on boats and things, but we wanted to just see if they'd be okay on a cruise ship. They were. So we went out of Miami on the first one, and we were out of Port Canaveral on this one. After that three-night, we were basically hooked and wanted to do a longer cruise. So we flew down the day before, and we flew into Orlando, and we just wanted to ensure we didn't run into any weird flight delays, especially since it was winter. We decided to stay in Port Canaveral at Homewood Suites, knew that they had a shuttle over to the terminal, which would be convenient, and was also very close to the port. So we went over that evening to an area with restaurants on the waterfront and met some family who lived nearby. And we had a nice meal at Fish Lips. Uh, there were a couple other restaurants over there as well. But we just had a nice evening catching up and watching some of the fishing boats come in to the dock and things like that. The portions at Fish Lips were huge. I do recall that. But everything, everyone loved whatever they got and had a nice night just visiting with our family. The next morning, we had a nice breakfast at the hotel and made sure we were out front early for the shuttle. So you do have to tell them that you want to ride the shuttle. Um, you don't have to necessarily make a reservation for a time, but you do have to tell them that you want to ride the shuttle. And then you ch when you check in the night before, so they can put you on the list. At least the time that we went, it was pretty much a first come, first serve for boarding the shuttle. So we had an early embarkation time. So we went down pretty early to try to make sure that we were there. The trip in the shuttle is actually pretty short. And so they're back within a couple minutes. It's just a few minutes away, a few minutes to get back. But like I said, we had a very early check-in time. We were checking in at 1030 and we wanted to get over to the terminal early before the crowds built up. The crowds build up. I'll talk a little bit more about this later because a lot of people show up early hoping that they can get on earlier if they do that. Or I don't know, they're just excited and they want to wait. But it leads to the terminal being very, very crowded by the time the ship starts boarding. And if you get there too much later, there's no seats and things. If you get there a lot later, it's fine because most of those people are already on the ship. But just something to keep in mind. We had pre-registered online, which I believe is mandatory now when they start back up after COVID, but they, we had pre-registered and I highly recommend it, even if it's not required, because it just saves you a ton of time and they have everything on site. They just go through and check it off. You're ready a lot faster. We had gotten boarding group four because we registered like right as soon as we were able to. And we're some of the first people apparently um, to get that high of a boarding group. And we were only silver status on this cruise. So this was our very first cruise as a Castaway Club family. We were just silver status. And the way Castaway Club works is you're automatically a Castaway Club member after your first cruise is complete. Until you have five cruises, you're silver. You're gold for cruises six through 10, and then you're platinum for cruise 11 and onwards. So we just became gold. So our next cruise will actually be gold, but we have postponed it twice at this point. So whenever that ends up being, we will get our first cruise with gold members. There are a lot of schools of thoughts on boarding times. So just a few things to know and a few thoughts from me after our cruises, tips that I have from that. The check-in times, if you're going through Port Canaveral, generally start around 10 a.m. for the cruises we've gone on from there. And the same is true pretty much of Miami. Generally, if you aren't gold or above in Castaway Club, you're not going to get the first time. You're not going to get boarding group one or two because they're generally going to be too many gold and platinum people on that ship and they're 
going to get those earlier times. So they have been a little bit flexible in the past as far as you can arrive before your time, but they sometimes won't allow you in the terminal until your check-in time. In my experience, they're a little bit flexible on that, but I have heard rumors that because of COVID, that's probably not going to be a flexible point in the future. So I would definitely check that out before you head in there and just be aware that if you show up early, they may not let you in. If your time is like 1 p.m. and you come at 10 a.m., you won't get boarding group two just because you showed up several hours early. You'll get the boarding group that you would have gotten anyway, and you'll just end up waiting in the terminal longer generally. It's a nice terminal, but I wouldn't want to wait there for four hours. Um, For one thing, there's no place to get drinks or food or anything like that while you're waiting there. So if you have kids, that's probably going to be an issue. There is a bathroom. It's, It's just a waiting area. So it's not, there are things to do, but not that many things to do. Like I said, I pretty sure I've heard from various sources that probably not going to be that way after COVID, but they haven't announced exactly what it is. But most industry experts are expecting that there's going to be a tighter restriction on how many people they'll allow in the terminal, especially when they first start back up. I don't know what that is yet. They haven't released anything, but just be prepared. It might be. You'll have a date that you can sign in and do your pre-registration. And so it varies based on whether you're in Castaway Club or when whether you're a first-time cruiser or what status you have. So the earlier you sign in, once you're once you're able to, the earlier you may be able to board. So for our very first cruise, I actually signed on as soon as we were able and got really lucky. And we were still like boarding group eight or something, or we might have even been six. It was pretty early. And that cruise was not full. So I'll do another episode about that cruise. But then that cruise, the whole reason we went on the cruise was we got this email that there were these ridiculously low prices because they hadn't sold out the ship. So... That's probably why we got such an early boarding group. The earlier you sign on, the earlier you may be able to board. For this one, we got a pretty early boarding number, even though we were silver. For example, as our Alaska nine night cruise that we went on that I've done some episodes about, there were a ton of gold and platinum cruisers on that ship. And so even though I was pre-registering at the first available moment, I couldn't get as early in a window as I wanted and got a later boarding group. So we our arrival time was... Normally we get about 1030 just because I get up early and do that. For that cruise, I think we were a whole hour in, maybe an hour and a half in. So it wasn't a huge difference, but it was definitely a little bit later in the boarding cycle. I have heard that it's that way for Europe too, although I don't know for sure yet. I will tell you maybe next summer we're planning to go there. So yeah, it just depends on how many gold and platinum are on your cruise. If you're a first-time cruiser, it depends on how many silver, gold, and platinum are on your cruise. It also depends on whether or not those gold, silver, and platinums actually signed in on the first day or during their early board, their early check-in window to get those spots. So sometimes people forget and they don't do it or they don't they don't join the cruise until after those dates have passed. So just all those things can work in your favor too. Our family prefers to get to the port as early as possible for a couple of reasons. We like to go straight up and have an early lunch. Um, The early groups are able to go to cabanas, have their pick of tables, get their food. We'd like to get one at a window so we can kind of look at the port while we're eating or look at the water, whatever might be going on in the port, and finish eating before cabanas is packed. If you get on later, you'll be able to go to cabanas, but it will probably be really swamped. And if you're much, much later, you might even get on and they've they've already closed because you can board all the way up to four. I think it is, but four is pretty much people running onto the boat because they've almost missed it. So they're they're obviously going to dinner shortly, not to lunch. So we we pretty much finish with lunch and then go tour the ship. I should mention that they usually have one of the sit down restaurants also open for meals, and a lot of people go that route. 
and go there instead of the buffet to get away from a little bit of the chaos too, I would assume. We have not tried that yet, although maybe one day. Most of the reason we haven't tried it is because we really do enjoy kind of looking out the windows and everything around us when we first get on the ship. And there are generally are not windows in those sit-down restaurants. So like I said, we usually then kind of tour the ship. You can't get into your rooms until about one o'clock. So you usually will have some time to kill. So if your boarding group is 1030, you're probably boarding the ship sometime between 11 and 1130. And by 12, that's when Cabana starts to get pretty packed. So, and my philosophy too is if lunch is included, we might as well eat lunch as soon as we get on the ship because we've already paid for it versus going out to eat and spending the additional money. So it's kind of a cost savings for us too. Um, some people do eat lunch and then get on the ship, especially if they have like a 1230 or one o'clock time. Like I said, for me, if I paid for all these meals that are included in the price of the ship, I feel like I should eat them and get my money's worth. A lot of people also go straight to the pool. So you're not necessarily competing with everyone to get to lunch, but a lot of people go straight to the pool. Honestly, my kids are not terribly impressed by the cruise ship pools because they're very small. They sometimes will ride the aqueduct or the aqueduct while their lines aren't very long. But those lines get really long, really fast on embarkation day because there's not a lot else people can do. So you can tour the ship, eat lunch, you know, do the things on the ship that there are to do, like play basketball or things like that. The pool is one of the biggest things that's open. Like there aren't movies going at that time. There's no kind of activities. You can go tour the kids centers and things like that, but there's not like organized activities going on, which leads to a little bit longer lines at the, uh, at the water things. You can get on. Sometimes lines aren't as long, but there are usually other times in your cruise where the lines will be a little shorter if you don't want to wait in line. So I usually hit the spa or the front desk if there's any reservations I couldn't get online that I want to try to book. So some examples would be mixology classes or some of the um, alcohol tasting sessions. Like my husband likes the beer session, beer tasting session or mixology sessions. And they book up really soon online, but sometimes they offer additional ones that they don't have there. So sometimes you can go by the front desk and get in or get put on a wait list to be called if something opens up. Spa appointments, most of that you can book online during your pre-booking window, which is what I usually do. One of my teens does enjoy getting a massage when he's on the ship in the teen spa, and you can't book any teen spa appointments online. You have to go in because they want you to sign the waiver and everything and tell you how it works, which is basically that a adult has to be there with you. When you go to the when you go to the massage, the good appointments for the times teens want that aren't like in port times or like first thing in the morning or whatever, those times go relatively fast. So I usually try to get him an appointment before it gets too far along. I did go to the spa on this particular trip to get a rainforest pass for the whole week because I'd heard a lot of things about the rainforest room and wanted to try it out. And I will say I did enjoy having it. It's a nice relaxing thing. I didn't get quite as into the showers. They were nice, but not as into some of the, I've heard a lot of things about like lots of people. That's what they really love. I wasn't as into that. I did like the heated loungers where you could sit and look out over the ocean while you, while you sailed away. And I did like the little hot tubs. They had individual hot tubs that you could sit in and they were open air to the edge of the ship. So you could, you know, smell the sea and look out over the water and that kind of stuff. The problem I had was supposedly those are really, those rainforest passes, part of the allure of them is there's only a certain amount sold. So it's supposed to not be very busy all the time. And my experience was that not that at all. So apparently there's a certain number of week long passes like I had that are sold and those are very few. And then apparently they also have day passes based on what I saw, they are not limited 
very strictly. I mean, they must have a lot of them if they're limited because there were times I went in there that were packed and there were people that would go in there and sit on the heated loungers for like hours at a time. So you couldn't ever get one. For me, I would not do the week-long pass again because it I could never get a lounge chair, which is what I really liked about it. I could sometimes get in the hot tub. And then there were some days where it was just like wall-to-wall people and there was nothing relaxing about that. Like the, you were waiting in line for every shower and every sauna and every chair that you wanted to do. Like everything you wanted to try in it, you had to wait in line. Literally one time I was in there and I think there were 30 people in the room and it's not a very big room. So that was my only kind of beef with the rainforest room. I was of the impression that it was a little bit more limited. And a lot of the reviews I had heard of it before were, oh, I'm almost always one of the only people in there. And so relaxing. But to me, that's not relaxing, like having to wait in line for those things. I did it and I'm glad I did it, but I don't know if I would do it again. Or if I did, I would just get a day pass and maybe do it on one of the days I was there. So that is just a little aside about the rainforest room. The one other thing I would let you know is if you get on early, so if you do get one of the early boarding groups like we get, do keep in mind that your room will not be ready until at least 1 p.m. And that's, they say at least, but I have never seen it open before one. So in five cruises, one time it opened closer to 1.30, the other four times they weren't ready till one. So just keep in mind that that's a real, that's real. You won't be able to get into your room. So anything you're going to do, you need anything you have, you'll have to carry around with you and anything you're going to do, you can, you'll have to do it without going to your room until like one o'clock. Just to, just to keep in mind, you'll see that on all the printouts and everything like that, but it's a real thing. Um, some people kind of prefer boarding later so that they can go straight, straight to their room and not have to be in the mad rush to get on board and just kind of be leisurely. And there are a lot of benefits to that too. I'm sure we just usually are ready to get our vacation to start. The other piece is we don't usually want to do a very late lunch because we almost always have the main seating for dinner. So if we're eating lunch at like one or two, and then we have dinner at 5.30 or 5.45, it's just a really tight turnaround and we're not as hungry for the really good food that evening. Just stuff that we we take into account when we decide. Uh, When you do go through the check-in line, you'll see a new cruiser check-in line and a castaway club check-in line. And in my experience, both are pretty efficient, but the castaway club does take a little less time. And the first time you'll be given your key to the world card, but you won't be given a lanyard. And we bought lanyards before on our first cruise. But once you're silver, we found out that they do give you a lanyard that shows your status on the little ribbon that goes around your neck. And when you check in, so you don't need to bring one and you'll have something to carry your key around in. It's, it's really nice to have that so you don't like you can leave your room without a bag or without taking your wallet or whatever and you can just walk around with that all day and it's just kind of nice to be free of having to lug stuff around. Uh, you can buy lanyards on the ship so if it's your first cruise and you want one and don't have one you can get them there. You can also order them online if you want a Disney one the Disney store online does have them and you'll be given a little paper with your boarding group printed on it, then you hand that in when you go to board. So they'll, and they'll take your family pictures so that they can associate the faces with each name. One tip I will give you on this is our kids are pretty close in age. They're about just a little under two, two years apart. And one time they got their pictures mixed up and they labeled one, the oldest picture with the youngest name and vice versa. And it did cause a minor issue with the kids clubs. We had to go get it fixed. At some points they were like, well, you're too old to be in here and that kind of thing. But we got that fixed. So just if your kids are really close in age or they look really similar, just know they're 
in some manners kind of guessing like, Oh, and that's the third oldest kid. That's the third oldest person in the party. That must be this person for whatever reason for us, they got that backwards once. So if you have twins or people close in age, you might want to make sure they have it matched up, right? Just mention it. And they'll usually give you a navigator, which is kind of the schedule of events you can browse. Your key to the world card will show you a few things that'll be helpful. It'll have a letter for your muster station and for the muster drill or any emergencies. And you'll see signs with the corresponding letters, usually on deck four by the lifeboats, but also at Animator's Palette or Disney Theater. That's where your group in the past has gone to meet for muster drill. I've heard that that is probably changing as a lot of things are with COVID. And it also tells you, it notes whether you're an adult or a child. It also, if you're a Disney visa holder, it'll note that you're a Disney visa holder so they can give you the discount in the shops. They can ask you about it. And the last thing it'll tell you is your dining rotation. So they have like a string of letters and the string of letters is what order you're in the restaurant each night. So for example, there's an A for animator's palette and an R for royal court and an E for enchanted garden. So your letters may be R-E-A-R-E-A-R, meaning that you start at royal court, then enchanted garden, and then animator's palette. Then you do those three in that order again, and then you have a last day at royal court. Sometimes you will see something like R-R-E-A-R-E-A, and that means you're at royal court like two nights in a row. And they do do some that sometimes on the seven-day shit. Just keep that eye on it, look, take a look, and it'll tell you what order you're going in. In the terminal, you can also register your smaller kids for the kids club and get the necessarily wristbands and things like that that they need. If you're going to the older kids clubs, you actually will do that when you get on board. You'll go check in and they put a little sticker on the card showing that um, they're registered for it. At the younger kids, you will have to check them in and out unless you say that they can check out themselves. And they only allow that, I think, if they're over a certain age which mine was already 12 on this trip. So I don't know what that age is. It's somewhere around 10 to 12, but they did let my 12 year old in and out whenever he wanted to go in and out. And then for the other kids clubs, they don't, you don't check them in and out. The kids check themselves in and out and they just show their, their sticker or whatnot. They also have a small balcony and patio area where you can walk out and see the ship. And that's really about all you can do there. Maybe get a quick picture and see the ship because it's really small. And they do have characters like Captain Mickey that sometimes appear and do pictures and things like that while waiting. Super formal. It's just sometimes they'll wander out and you'll see them. There is a lot of seating, a ton, but because a lot of people with later times show up early, like I mentioned, the waiting area fills really fast. So if you're a later arrival coming, coming way early, you'll likely be sitting on the floor somewhere until some of the people start getting on the ship. And that's a common thing I've seen is people sitting on the floor all over, just standing around because they got there really early for their time. One other thing I'll note is if you're worried you'll miss the first the boarding call, don't be. It's pretty loud. There's a loud when you whistle upon a star chime and then each boarding announcement. And you can hear it all through the terminal. They even have speakers in the bathroom. So I've been in the bathroom when they have made announcements like, we'll be boarding soon, and you can definitely hear it. The the other thing to know is when you do go up, you will need to have your key to the world cards out and ready, and you'll need to have your boarding number handy. They do check them, and they will take it from you. And I've seen people try to like jump in the line and be clever and get in, and then they go to check their boarding number, and they get jumped out of the line. So it just ends up slowing up the line. When they do call your number, you go and get your card scanned on the way in and you have the option of getting a group picture taken on your way in. It's a good time to note that they do have ship photographers who take pictures there and at various events that you can 
view later and buy pictures. If you know you're going to want a lot of pictures or you don't want to bother having to take your own in a lot of those instances, they do have ability to purchase a package in advance and they vary on price based on the length of the cruise. And you do save a little bit of money if you do in advance. You can buy it on on the ship if you start seeing there's a whole bunch of pictures you want and you can't decide. You can buy it there. If you know you're probably going to want to buy it, you can you can get the USB purchased in advance. I will note, we do almost no character meet and greets because my kids are older. But we still get the pictures oftentimes because they do take, you can get family pictures taken before a lot of nights on dinner. They have things set up with different backdrops and stuff. And there are just a lot of different times where the photographers maybe come into the restaurant and take pictures and things like that. And my experience, most of those have been really good. And one note is if you do buy it, the USB drive, either on the while you're on board or in advance, just know that they hand those out on the very last morning of the cruise. So don't forget to stop and grab yours before you get off the ship because that, they don't mail it to you. It's usually in shutters or sometimes they'll go in the bottom lobby um, by the gangplank to get off and you can pick it up there, but do make, I know I've heard of a lot of people getting off without picking them up. So just a friendly tip as you get on, they'll announce your family name and you're on board. So like I said, we usually go straight for cabanas and eat, but the cruise for us started on December 30th. So one nice thing was all of the Christmas decorations were still up when we boarded, or I assume it was all of them. Um, they were steadily coming down throughout our cruise and after New Year's, basically after New Year's. And I assume they keep it fully decorated until New Year's and then start taking it down. It was really beautiful. The one thing we saw too was the gingerbread house on deck three was the last thing to come down. It was up until I think the last full day of our trip. I think they took it down during uh, Castaway Key Day because so many people get off the ship, I guess. But that was the last thing we noticed they took down. Our first night's dinner was at Royal Court, which the boys were happy about because on the first cruise, they developed a love of the escargot gratiné on their first cruise and were happy to get it right off the bat as their appetizer. Uh, Personally, I prefer the deep fried brie. With It has like a little raspberry sauce with it. And then it might be my favorite appetizer on the normal menus. I do also really like their farmhouse salad and the Chateaubriand that they have. One of my boys had the unbaked salmon. And I think the other had the conchigli pasta and both enjoyed those a lot. Uh, my youngest loves creme brulee and they have that there. So he really enjoyed that as well. It was funny because they noticed he finished it very quickly because he liked it so much. And they were out with a second one in about 30 seconds, I would have to guess. I think they noticed he was eating it really fast and talking about how much he loved it. And they overheard him and they went and got him another one without him asking. So it was fun and definitely won him over. On the our first full day at sh- at, on the ship was an at-sea day. And so it started with breakfast and cabanas for me after watching the sunrise. And cabana was decorated for the New Year party already. So they had pineapples carved with Happy New Year messages and other food decorations like shaped like fish and things. It was very fun, very cute. I like to sometimes get up early on cruises or a lot of times for the amazing sunrises and and also the quiet times. So the ship in the very in the early morning, like seven to nine, is pretty quiet, especially seven to eight. There's not a lot of people up and around and the people that are pretty quiet and peaceful. So it's kind of a nice, I just like the feel of the quiet ship in the early morning. And Cabanas is peaceful at breakfast. And when you're there in the early morning, unless at the port morning and a bunch of people are trying to eat before they go to early port adventures. 
But on at sea days, it's really quiet. A lot of times I'll get a table in the aft part of cabanas that's outside and just kind of watch the wake of the ship as we as we sail. If the weather's not cooperating, I'll go get one by the window. But it's really it's really pretty fun. When I did that on the Alaskan cruise, I would often see dolphins and things playing in the water. I have not seen that in the Caribbean though. Through the day, we took in some goofy mini golf and some trivia contents, and we tried the Midship Detective Agency, which this was our first time seeing that because the smaller ships don't have that. We thought it was really fun, and we did both mysteries. We really enjoyed both of those. And then a cool thing was all day on Funnel Vision, the movies had a little icon in the corner with the countdown to the new year on it. We had a main seating as usual, and the dinner was in Royal Court again, but it wasn't one of the rotational menus. It was the Happy New Year menu, and it was a formal night. And we did get all dressed up. We don't always get dressed up for formal night, but we did just because it was fun to get dressed up for New Year's. I had the white and green asparagus with béarnaise, which was really good, but the boys all got a seafood sampler appetizer that had several things in it, but especially crab and their suckers for crab. Then I tried the roasted thyme chicken for dinner and a couple, I think a couple of the kids tried Chilean, Chilean sea bass. It was a, it was a fun and different menu that since we've never done a new year's cruise before, we hadn't had before, but in the late evening, we headed up to the deck for the new year's party. And I will just say, I'm not a huge fan of deck parties, but this party was really fun. They passed around little appetizer snacks and drinks for everyone. And the drinks were sparkling apple cider or champagne. One funny thing, my son actually accidentally grabbed one of the champagnes, which looked the same, except that it had a little ribbon on it. (laughs) I looked at his face and he was thoroughly disgusted by it. And I was like, is it not good? And he's like, it just tastes funny. So he handed it to me. I tasted it. And of course it was champagne. So we got him a sparkling apple cider and then all was well. Funnel Vision continues through the party to count down to the new year. And then when it gets really close, it just changes over to just a straight up countdown, you know, the five, four, three, two, one up there. And what was also cool is the characters come out to dance, but they don't just all come up on the stage. Like Goofy was dancing about three feet away from us. And like there were characters interspersed all through the crowd dancing with everyone and it was just a really a lot of fun. Even my kids have also mentioned that they would really like to go to New Year's Cruise again because that party was so fun. So we may have to check it out again another day. New Year's was another at sea day. So we had lots more mini golf. The bigger ships do have mini golf on the on the ship, which is fun. And um, it's a little hard when it's very windy. But it is, and it's a little bit of a challenging course in a fun way, but it's um, themed after Goofy and Max. And so they've got little, like, just goofy things on all the, on all the different courses, on all the different holes, I mean. And then this was the day I had some spa time, which was nice. And then we ate dinner at Animator's Palette, which was um, nice. It's not my favorite rotational menu. It's probably my least favorite of the three, but it's still fun. And I love, I love the atmosphere. So I'm not as into the food at that particular menu but I do love the atmosphere of that of that restaurant. My husband actually wanted to catch a football game that night, so he didn't eat with us, but had no trouble finding a spot to watch the game and grab some food. I think he grabbed it up on deck, like some pizza or something, and he was perfectly happy. And so the boys and I ate down at Animator's Palette, had some panette bolognese and some grilled tuna. I think I had the lemon thyme chicken, and I had the white truffle persiettes, which are my favorites on this menu, but like I said... Compared to the other stuff at the other restaurants, it's not really my favorite. The next day, we were supposed to go to Tortola, but when we actually took this cruise, there had been a really bad hurricane just a couple months before. 
And Tortola hadn't yet recovered to the point where they could have visitors yet. So we went to St. Martin and you actually dock on the St. Martin side. Um, St. Martin has two countries on one island. One half is French and the other half, um, I believe, Dutch. And it's we decided to split up for excursions there. So my husband and my oldest son went on an aerial tram to get a bird's eye view of the island while my youngest and I went on a one islands, two countries tour. So we boarded a little shuttle bus and the driver shared information about the island as we took a scenic route over to the French side on St. Martin. We saw dozens of iguanas snoozing in the trees, which I really enjoyed. And we tried to see some of the monkeys that apparently live all over the island, but we didn't catch any a single glimpse of one. The driver was a little surprised. Though St. Martin had mostly opened back up and Phillipsburg, where the ship was docked, St. Martin was almost entirely closed still. So all of the stores, all of the restaurants and things like that were all closed. So normally this tour would have a little bit of time to walk around on the French side and just maybe get a snack or look at some of the stores over there and you would have maybe a half an hour look around or so, but there wasn't much to see or do because everything was closed. So we saw some of the sites around the shore, then started back on the, on the journey back to St. Martin. And we saw some more sites, but stopped at a nice little ice cream store, which was kind of a lot of fun. It had a like kind of a carousel theme. We did see like when we were back on the back deck eating ice cream. There were like dozens of small private boats and yachts still like run aground with a lot of damage from the hurricane. So you could definitely still see the impact of the hurricane when we were there. He took us back around to the ship. And I will say in spite of the damage and some of that piece, which was on the sad side, obviously, but we really enjoyed seeing the island and our tour guide was a lot of fun, shared a lot of knowledge about the island and really enjoyed that. We got back to the ship for dinner and met up with um, my husband and my other son and it was pirate night at Enchanted Garden. So we went this ship this trip we went all out for costumes on this one. So we had full pirate gear on and the pirate menu has crab cakes on it, which is a hit for pretty much my whole family, but especially my youngest son. And the boys all had some kind of seafood. There's a lot of seafood on this menu. Grouper and shrimp scallop combo. I got the strip loin. I'm allergic to shrimp and some other kinds of seafood, so I generally will shy away from that. But we did go up to the deck party for this deck party, which I, I like seeing the show, but I don't necessarily like the, the deck party as much as like the New Year's party. We went up and we didn't go on the main floor. We went up on the deck above and kind of watched it from above, which also makes it easier to kind of duck away as it's ending. So we did, we went with that plan, went back and got ready for St. Thomas the next day. So the other stop was St. Thomas. And on this one, we did go on an excursion all together. We went off to a bay to go snorkeling. So our mission was to let my youngest see a sea turtle in the wild. He is very, very, very fond of sea turtles. That was our main mission. This bay usually apparently has lots and lots of sea turtles feeding and things, but with the hurricane, all but two had been driven away. And there were two juveniles who were too young to venture out with the storm and they were still there. So we did get to see a sea turtle, long story short. And there was a reef with a whole bunch of other fish. My youngest just wanted to hang out by the sea turtles. So I kind of stayed over there with him. And I guess, like I said, normally a lot of green sea turtles, but this time there there was only one when we were there. But I was super happy that we got to see that one. And this, this excursion was a huge hit with the entire family. I would highly recommend this excursion if you're thinking about doing it. It's definitely worth the cost. It's a lot of fun. The boat ride over is pleasant and the views are really nice. It's, um... 
a moderately sized boat. So like not too, too small, but not a huge boat and takes you out and you just literally go off the back and snorkel um, straight off the back of the little boat and really enjoyed. And then when we got back, the, my, my husband and my oldest went back on the ship, but my youngest and I shopped for a little bit. There's a shopping area right next to where the ship docks. And we got some fun pictures with tropical Christmas trees and things like that. So you have to take those home from a tropical Christmas vacation. We headed back in because it was a semi-formal night at Royal Court. And this one had the gala menu, um, which you'll see. And I really enjoyed the pork tenderloin. But the boys were happy to see oysters and red snapper on the menu. So there were a lot of trying of that. After dinner this night was kind of fun because it was a little bit apparently chilly um, according to how people were describing it. My boys are from the Midwest and it wasn't too cold for aqueduct for them. So they headed up to do the water coaster. This was an optimal time. Generally between the two dinners is a good time to go because people who are just out of dinner may not be up there yet. And the people who are about to go to dinner are going to get ready for dinner. So the pool area is a little bit less crowded and you could usually have a much smaller line at that point. And there were a couple evenings where my kids couldn't do that between dinner because the wind was up and they don't, when the wind gets above a certain level, they don't do the aqueduct. But on this night, the wind wasn't a problem. It was just chilly. So people were not coming to it. And it was our kids, two kids from Canada and two kids from, I think it was Minnesota who were riding it after dinner. And that was it. So there were like six kids and they all just kept getting off and running over and getting back on and going off and running. And so there was no line at all. They had to have ridden it at least 10 times in a row, maybe 20, and they were just cracking up the whole time. It was a fun memory, and we got some good pictures with all the lights on the aqueduct with them riding through it. And the next day was another sea day, so got some rest, and the boys woke up with me for sunrise, and so we went and saw sunrise. And on the dinner rotation, we were at Animator's Palette for Animation Magic, which I like, I like that menu better. And it's also just a fun, it's a fun show in the restaurant. We went afterwards to see, there was a magic show on board. So we went afterwards to see the magic show. We really enjoy the magic and variety shows probably more than kind of the other shows. We do like, I do like Tangled, which is on a different ship, I believe. And then we enjoy the golden Mickeys, but frozen, we're not very into. And like some of the other I mean, basically we're done. We're frozen out. So we don't ever go to the frozen one. We pretty much, we went and saw the magic show, had a lot of fun. And then the last full day was Castaway Key. And we started with my oldest running the 5k while I walked it with my youngest. And my oldest was pretty excited because he beat his time from last year and was very happy. And we rented bikes for a bike ride. And um, we had rented tubes. We had planned to let my oldest do the parasailing because he was finally old enough, but the weather was very windy and he didn't get to. And I will say of four trips to Castaway Key, three of them, it was too windy when we got there and almost every excursion was canceled. And one of them, it was so windy and the weather was bad enough that we couldn't even dock. We tried to dock like four times and couldn't. So Apparently, Castaway Key in January is a little bit of hit or miss, but I would just go in, especially if you have kids and you're telling them what kind of excursions you're going to do. You may want to just kind of let them know that sometimes the weather gets in the way of some excursions and they don't happen. My kids are old enough that they understood that, but I saw a lot of kids crying because they thought they were going to do something and didn't get to. The weather The weather was too windy, but it was also, and it was still a little bit chilly by Bahamas standards, but for us, it was fine. We got We went in and swam 
in the bay there. It was not an issue for us. And a lot of people did. It wasn't just all the kids from the way up north. But <laughs> there, there were a lot of people that said it was too cold, but there were quite a few people still getting in the water and having fun. One of my favorite things about Castaway Key is lunch at Cookies too, which I really love. The food is just really good. And I just kind of like the picnic style atmosphere. It's, it's a lot of fun. I think my youngest also went and played a little bit of sand soccer with some people that they had met on the ship. And so that was um, another thing that's nice. They have sand volleyball and sand soccer just behind where you can sit and hang out. So there's other things like that to do on the island as well. So we got back on the ship and had a great dinner at Enchanted Garden for our last night for the Prince and Princess menu that has one of my favorite salads, the Coronation of Miss Greens, and one of my favorite desserts, the Creme Brulee Cheesecake. But the best part of eating at Enchanted Garden the last day is that when you're staying on deck two like we were, our room was kind of right outside the entrance area to the restaurant. So the next morning this super early breakfast before disembarkation was there. And so how it works is wherever you are on your last day is where you get assigned for breakfast. And so if you want to have a sit down breakfast, you come, you come at the time that they give you. And it's usually like insanely early, like breakfast is like seven for the main seating people. If you have the, if you have a late seating, you have a later breakfast getting off the ship. That was just nice that we didn't have to hardly go anywhere. <laughs> we were on deck too, like I mentioned for this trip. And I will say that we really love the convenience in the evenings. It's really quick to get to all the restaurants. So if you've been doing something and you run down to your room to get ready, it's just right there to get ready and to get to your restaurant. You don't have a huge, like to go all the way across the ship or anything like that. And I would definitely get that room again. We had an outside stateroom and it was honestly perfect for us. I will say we did really like the Disney fantasy and it's our favorite of the two bigger ships, the fantasy and the dream. I love, I love having putt putt on the ship. I love to have a little bit more air room to like um, explore and things to do. They have a few things that they don't have on the other ships as well. In addition to the putt-putt, they also have the teen area has a private pool that's just for teens on the bigger ships. And there's like a little sweet shop that has gourmet ice cream and like little chocolates and things like that. In addition to the normal free ice cream machine. And so those are kind of fun. They just have a couple different areas like that that are unique to those ships. The thing that we like about the smaller ships is... On the bigger ships, there are several floors where you can't go all the way across. It's interrupted by something and you have to like go down or up and around to get to things. And it feels like that hap- that happens on the small ships too, but it happens way more on the bigger ships. Um, a good And a good thing that, a good example of something we miss on the big ships when we're on them, there is a promenade lounge on the third floor, which is actually called something different on the wonder now, but it's basically just a lounge in between the main atrium and back where the restaurants are. They have some little events there, but it's also just a really great place to sit and relax with your, you know, chat with your family or look out the windows and, you know, have a nice place to I sit and read there sometimes when I'm on the ship. We love that area. Um, and a lot of times when, since I'm the only female in the room, the boys will all be ready. They'll go up there and they almost always have some kind of snack there, like nachos or muffins or something like that. They'll go up and have like a little plate of nachos while they're waiting for me to get ready. And then we all go to dinner together because two of the restaurants are right next to it. And one of them's downstairs. So we love that area on the magic and the wonder. And they just don't have it. They have nothing comparable to that on the fantasy and the dream. A lot of people will say, well, the bars are right there and they are. But it's that you can't take your kids there. And 
the places in the atrium, like the coffee shop in the atrium, it's just a lot, it's really a lot busier and it's not as quite as a, a nice spot just to relax. So that that's one area that we actually prefer on the smaller ships. The fantasy, like I said, though, I prefer the fantasy to the dream. I, I just enjoyed it in general a little bit more. And it might be because I'm on there longer. That might be biased. The dream usually does just shorter cruises, but that's kind of my, my mini ranking. After um, that evening, we were off for home and we basically get off the ship and fly home that same day. Usually since we're getting off so early, I wouldn't book a time too close to when the ship docks just in case there's something that delays it, but you can generally make that work. And we definitely got a placeholder for our next cruise, which we almost always do now. We get a placeholder so that we can put a deposit on a next cruise. Yeah, just we, we're big fans of Disney cruises. I will share some, I've shared a little bit about the Disney Wonder now and about the Disney Fantasy. And I will um, have future episodes that may talk about the Disney Magic, which we've been on twice, and the Disney Dream, which we've been on once, and just share a little bit of those experiences. But I wanted to do a little longer episode today and just share kind of how the how the cruising experience works a little bit and give some of my tips around that in addition to talking about this this cruise itself. So yeah, highly recommend it. The Eastern Caribbean's really is a really fun cruise. One thing I will tip one tip I haven't shared yet is when we were booking this cruise, since we did have one person that's slightly prone to seasickness, they did recommend because the Eastern Caribbean cruise goes out onto the open ocean and doesn't just stay in the Caribbean Sea that it does get a little rougher that first night. And it does. It's a little tossy and turny in the ocean. So some people, they say if some people are worried about that, they usually recommend they get second deck cabins mid. And we were aft, but we were a little bit closer to mid. We weren't all the way aft. And that worked fine for us. So if some, if you have that advice, if you have someone that has a mild issue with that, it should not be a problem. I will say that this person in our group has never had a problem on any cruise we've been on. But this definitely was the only one with kind of one night that was a, you could feel the motion a little bit more. And most of the time you can't feel it almost at all. Just a, just a tip. And I hope you enjoyed this episode. And until I t- talk to you again, happy travels.